your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 401 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Spotify Greenroom. Download the Spotify Greenroom app and find one of our Locked On rooms. And today we got a very special treat for you guys. We're going to be joined in just a second by my good friend, Adam Denker. Adam is the host of Locked On Tampa Bay Lightning, so he's obviously uh, been feeling pretty good over these past couple days and weeks here with his team winning its second consecutive Stanley Cup. But Adam and I worked together for a few years at NHL.com as well as MLB.com. And obviously with the Rangers striking a trade for Barclay Goodrow, Adam was the man to talk to. He gives us a little bit more insight into who Goodrow is as a player, how popular he was with the Tampa Bay fan base, et cetera, et cetera. We also get into a couple other things like the expansion draft as well as the upcoming free agency period. So sit back, relax, and enjoy part one of our two-part conversation with Mr. Adam Tenker. All right, so welcome back, Ranger fans and Lightning fans. we got a special crossover edition for you guys today. This is John Chick with Locked On New York Rangers, joined here by Adam Denker of Locked On Tampa Bay Lightning. Adam, how are we doing today, buddy? Doing well, John. Just got back from vacation, well rested up, and uh, ready to hit uh, head on the, the craziness that is about to hit us in the expansion draft and the entry draft. How's everything with you? Uh, doing good. You know, I really like that trade that the Rangers and Lightning struck. Hopefully it works out a little bit better for us than the uh, McDonough-Miller trade when we basically <laughs> gifted you those two outstanding players. But, uh, you know, I figure Tampa Bay, you know, they're they're fresh off winning their second straight Stanley Cup. I will let you brag about it a little bit here at the uh, beginning of the show. What was it like, you know, going through the journey with your team this season and seeing them lift that Stanley Cup for the second straight season? Well, I, I've been telling a lot of people over the last couple of weeks uh, that have asked me that. And really, compared to last season, uh, to last year's playoff run, this has been, I guess we could say, a cakewalk. Uh, there was not many times where the Lightning were up against the wall. You didn't really have that, that same stress uh, going into each series as you maybe had last season. Um, the, only, the only series that was really really stressful was probably the Panthers series uh, to open things up as well as, Game seven of the Islander series. Uh, other than that, the Lightning just went in and did their thing, it, which was like a weird thing to see out of any team. You know, usually, uh, and we both know, uh, you covering the Rangers, of course, and me growing up a Ranger fan. So we both know that, you know, the Rangers through their playoff runs, it was always kind of a do or die situation almost on a nightly basis yeah. uh, for them in, in those long cup runs. But this wasn't the case with the Lightning. And, and I have to say that probably adds more fuel to the fire of those who who are in the boat, as well as I, that this team is a dynasty. You know, now, granted, they, they haven't won three yet. And, and the I guess like the, the, the team to shoot for in terms of, Infamy throughout this whole era is Chicago Blackhawks who won three in I believe six years, and so but they're up there. They've repeated. Uh, they it, and we're gonna have to see how they could be able to bounce back because they are gonna lose a lot of guys this offseason. Blake Coleman most likely not gonna be able to sign him back. He's gone. They're gonna lose either probably Andre Palat or Yanni Gord in the expansion draft. They just traded Barkley Goodrow who. We're going to talk about in just a little bit, just because, I mean, he was just such a huge part 
of this team's success from day one when they traded for him. And I, I guess that's a good place to start with the Goodrow talk. I mean, I'm a, I've, I've bragged enough over the last week and a half about this, so I'm, <laughs> I'm going to spare you guys because I know for Ranger fans and being one at heart that, you know, seeing McDonough, as much as you wanted to see him win a championship, now it's kind of getting a little excessive two in a row and, you know, kind of him having a little bit of a resurgence down here in Tampa. But, uh, yeah, Barkley Goodrow has – has been one of the guys on the lightning over the last two seasons who has really flipped the script for this lightning team who had such a tough time with physical teams. And that's why they eventually went out and got Pat Maroon in the first place. And even Pat Maroon, who we all know is now on his third straight Stanley cup. He, he wasn't able to do it by himself. So this team went out and made some moves last year and, and it really showed these last two seasons, you know, how much of an effect Barkley Goodrow has. Yeah, now with Goudreau, I mean, obviously we're going to talk about him quite a bit here. Were you surprised when you found out that, you know, they were trading him away for uh, just a seventh-round pick? And I realized that, you know, part of the reason for that is the Rangers are just acquiring his rights. They obviously have to sign him to a new contract. But be that as it may, I mean, when I saw that the Rangers were picking up Goudreau for just a seventh-rounder, I, I had to read it like three or four times to make sure, you know, that that's all they were giving up. And even as I was publishing my initial episode, I'm like going back, I'm like, that really was just a seventh-rounder, right? And indeed that was the case. I mean, were you surprised by the move and, and – by, uh, you know, only getting a seventh-rounder back for him? I was surprised that general manager Julian Breesboss pulled the trigger so quickly. I really thought he was going to wait until after the expansion draft to really start making moves. He's a very calculating figure in the organization, and, and he takes into account very much how endearing certain players on the teams are, not only to their teammates but to the fan base. And Barkley Goudreau is one of those players that, you know, he, he hasn't played that many games with the Lightning, only 63 games played. He endeared himself very quickly to this fan base just because of the, the style of which he plays and his effective, effectiveness in big-time situations, most notably and recently, was Game 7 against the Islanders in the Islanders series where uh, the Islanders pulled a goalie and Lightning are making a line change and Goodrow stays on the ice to fight for the puck against four other Islanders players against the, the boards and manages to run out the clock about five, probably 15 seconds, but still that was effective nonetheless. And as terms of being surprised, I, it, I don't know. It, it, he's such a great player and, and you never want to see guys like that leave, but you know, with the cap situation as it is and, there's always going to be that turnover at some point, even for good teams, where you're going to have to get rid of or, or you know, have to relieve yourself of some situations with players that, you know, you really don't want to. And that's what the Lightning are going through right now. And, and But, you know, I, I, all I could say is, and I've been saying this to, to Rangers since as well as, and I'll say it to your listeners, you got a fantastic player. And I think in the end, once you see him on the ice, you're going to realize that a seventh rounder is, is get, only giving that up is a steal. Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Green Room. Green Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. Green Room is the perfect place to start or join conversations about the league. You'll find fans just like you on Green Room for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and of course, reacting to big news or rumors. You can even find Locked On hosts across the NBA, MLB, and NHL. Go download the free Green Room app right now, currently available on all iOS devices. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the NHL group for the latest league updates. I know you will find a ton of incredible rooms around your favorite teams and leagues. 
Download the Green Room app today. Green Room, changing the way we talk sports. Just wanted to take a minute to let you guys know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Built Bar. It is the best tasting protein and energy bar that I have ever had. It's kind of hard to explain. You just have to experience it for yourself. It's got real chocolate, amazing flavors, and unlike a lot of other protein bars, energy bars, you don't need a gallon of water to get rid of that weird, funky aftertaste that sometimes comes with the other bars. It's just good, and it actually kind of tastes quite a bit like a candy bar. It has an amazing combination of low calories, high protein, and low sugar. There are no crazy additives, and if you compare it to the most popular men's bar, Cliff, it is half the calories, seven times fewer carbs, seven times fewer sugar grams, and more protein. How can it be that good and taste that good? I don't know. You just got to try it for yourself. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. You know, with Gaudreau, it's funny because he was undrafted. He's kind of one of those underdog players. He's very easy to root for, especially when you see the way that he plays out there. But, you know, back when he was with the Sharks, he eventually, you know, he started to break into the NHL. But even for a couple of seasons with, with San Jose, you know, he'd go up to the NHL. He'd go back down to the AHL, back up to the NHL, back down to the AHL. He was kind of almost being labeled as one of those NHL, AHL swingmen that you could just plug into the lineup on a certain night you know and, and just kind of hope for the best but he's really kind of established himself you know as a true bona fide NHL player and he's had to fight and scratch and claw for everything that he's gotten in this league and I feel like his style of play almost is indicative of that that he's just going to go out there and he's just going to fight and he's just going to battle and he, he's going to you know make sure that he sticks in the NHL I mean that's kind of been his uh his MO throughout his career I mean does that am, am, I, am I kind of on the ball there like as far as uh you know just his style of play overall and that kind of winning over the fan base there in Tampa. Yeah, absolutely. He, and, and the thing with Barkley that was so great about him is that, and, and I like to use this term a lot with certain players on the lightning um, is that he's your Swiss army knife. He, yeah. he, he could do, he could go out there and do whatever you need him to do. He could go out there and play physical. Uh, we saw it the last couple of seasons, how well that played into the lightning's plans. Uh, if, if the Lightning don't have Barkley Goodrow, they don't win that series last year against the Boston Bruins and, and any other team. You know, they don't, they don't beat the Blue Jackets again. I, I firmly believe you don't have Barkley Goodrow, obviously coupled with Blake Col- Coleman and Jack Bogosian, they don't, they don't get out of the first round again. And then now we're talking right now about John Cooper losing his job. But Barkley Goodrow comes in, and, and mind you, he only plays two games, really, before the season is canceled due to COVID. So then now he's got two, three months to really kind of figure out how to, how, to, how to do things with this team. And he comes in and he slid. And that's the good thing about Barkley Goodrow as well is that, you know, regardless of how this team is going to shape up in New York, is that he's going to be able to slide in into whatever slot you give him. I, I actually went a step further when my dad asked me the other day. He, he said, you know, what kind of player is Barkley Goodrow going to be with the Rangers? And I said, I think he's probably one of the top second, third line forwards in the NHL right now. And, and that's what the Rangers are getting. And, and you're going to see that. He could fight. He could score goals. Obviously not a lot. Only eight, eight is, his, is his high for in a season for him. But he's going to go in there. And, and all the goals that he scored for the Lightning this year, they were goals in big-time situations, whether it was to get on the board quick or to, to score late to kind of put the game in, in reach for the Lightning or put, just put the final nail in the coffin. And, and that's the thing with Barkley Goodrow is that he will go out there and do whatever, whatever the Rangers ask him to do. 
So it's it's great to see how he's going to be able to shape up with the lines and how he's going to be able to see to continue to blossom because he's still a young guy. He's only 28. Yeah, I kind of see him as far as what kind of a role he's going to have with the Rangers. I kind of see him as uh, the third-line center, I mean, for a couple of reasons. For starters, the Rangers are a little bit thin at center. They do have Mika Zibanejad and Ryan Strome, both great players, but both of them are unrestricted free agents after this upcoming season, so I think it would make sense for them to kind of put Gaudreau into the center spot. And another reason is that the Rangers, with this acquisition of Gaudreau here, they finally have a center who has won more than half of his face-offs because the Rangers have really struggled in the face-off dot. I think face-off wins are a tremendously underrated stat. So, I mean, I kind of see him as a center, and then you can allow Filipino to move over to the wing, which is where I think he's better suited anyway. But, I mean, how about for you, man? I mean, did you think that Gaudreau did better at center or left wing or right wing? Because my understanding is that he's played all, all three positions throughout his career. Yeah, he's, and that's the thing that kind of what goes back to what I said before with Goodrow is that he's a very versatile player. So you could throw him on the wing if you need him to, but really where he's dangerous is, is the center position. And where you really want Goodrow is really on the ice uh, late in games to win that big time faceoff, whether it's in your zone or in the, the opposing team zone, because that was the other thing that the Lightning team, believe it or not, as deep as they are, they last year, they couldn't win a face-off to save their lives. They had to rely on, on guys from, from their AHL team, like Mitchell Stevens, who is almost kind of the same player as Barkley Goodrow to a certain extent, uh, could do everything. And, and really, Barkley came in, um, and, and he really slid in nicely. And, and really, you know, I, I don't have the exact number off the top of my head, but I would have to say probably he won 40% of the games for us just because of his performance in the face-off circle. No, that's huge. And I, again, I think it's such an underrated stat and it just becomes so much more magnified in the playoffs. I mean, who's, the, I mean, take, you know, game seven Rangers Capitals a few years ago, for, for example, that game that went to, you know, game seven overtime, that all happened because the Rangers won a face off in the offensive zone. And, you know, to not have a single guy on your roster that's at 50% or better. I mean, that's rough to go through an entire season that way. I can remember a game against the Bruins last season. And of course, they're one of the best face off teams in the league. I think they actually are the best. And the Rangers just got killed. I mean, every single time the linesman dropped the puck, it's a clean win for the Bruins, another clean win for the Bruins, another clean win for the Bruins. And it's just kind of disheartening. I mean, you just kind of hang your head after a while because you know lining up for you know this big face-off, you're on the power play, you want to get something set up, and you know they're going to win it clean and they're going to clear the puck, and it just drives you crazy. So, I mean, for me, it's just very much kind of a relief to have somebody who's, you know, maybe not fantastic in the face-off circle, but definitely solid in the face-off circle. Yeah, and, and the other thing that you'll get with Barkley is that he is fantastic on the PK. Um, yep. Ranger fans probably remember when Carl Haglin was a Ranger and he used to just stand in front of the goaltender uh, trying to see where the opposing team would, would slot out. And, and you're going to get that with Barkley as well. He's not afraid to go into the corners and get up in your face while, while on the PK. So that's the other yep. thing that you'll get with him. Obviously, he doesn't carry that same amount of speed that Carl Haglin had, but He's definitely going to bring that physicality. He, he had 111 hits last season and, and 27 blocks and usually averages around 60 the last three years. So he's not afraid to get down in front of a shot if need be. Yeah, I hear you. Now, obviously, his calling card is all the stuff we've just been talking about. You know, he can kill penalties. He's a gritty player. He can go to the net, kind of create some havoc, uh, win some board battles, all that good stuff. I mean, do fans ever get a little bit, you know, when he was in Tampa Bay, do they ever get a little bit disheartened by his lack of scoring or was there a general understanding that that's not really what he's here for? He's, he's going to do some other things to help us win. Well, 
when you have Steven Stamkos and you have Nikita Kucherov and you have Braden Point, you know, you, you really don't need Barkley Goodrow to come in and score goals for you. Now, you know, like I said before, he's going to put some points up on the board. Uh, he, he really, he's really not a big time scorer, but he will get goals here and there. And, and I think that Ranger fans should approach it that way is too, that, that's that way too, because, you know, you have Artemi Panarin, you have Mika Zibanejad, you had Lafreniere, you have all these other younger players that can very well score. So really he's not going to be valued as high for his scoring, but the thing that Ranger fans are going to love and you're going to see from his teammates, uh, if he does not get selected in the expansion draft, I believe he's, uh, the Rangers did leave him unprotected, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. is that he's a, he's a glue guy. He's a great teammate. And, yeah. and that's what a lot of people don't realize about him. I mean, he was one of the guys that was in the bubble that you could see with players uh, when they came out of the bubble last season that, you know, he was kind of the clown. He, he kind of kept the team together with, with Pat Maroon and, and kind of kept things light, obviously, when they were staying in the same hotel. Uh, you could just see it in his personality. He's going to be a fun guy to be around in the locker room for these, for these Ranger players. When they asked him uh, how the bubble was uh, when, when they came home, they just won the cup. He said, I ate everything on the menu in the first week. And, and that's the <laughs> kind of guy he is. He's very yeah. quirky. He's, you know, he's going to say things like that. Maybe the, the New York media may not like take, take to it with affection as we, we might see somewhere, somewhere else in like Tampa, but uh, he's one of those guys, as long as he plays well, I think Ranger fans are going to love him. They're going to love his enthusiasm. They're going to love his fire. And that's the kind of player you need, especially when you're sort of, you know, on the brink of becoming a championship team, which the Rangers are. You're going to need a guy like this, especially with young players who, who could score and who are, who are sort of flashy. And, and you're going to need a guy like that who's going to step up and tell rookies that, hey, settle down, you know, just play your game. And as well as jump to the fence when you have those crazy physical games against teams like the Flyers and the Boston Bruins and, and so on. Yeah, you know, you touched on something there that I was actually just about to ask you about, but I might as well ask you anyway. Um, is he somebody that could kind of like embrace that that big brother type role? Because the Rangers, to your point, Adam, you know, they have a lot of very young players, a lot of very talented players, obviously, you know, guys like Alexi Lafreniere, guys like Capo Caco, guys like Vitaly Krausov, but all three of those guys are very young, still kind of finding their way in this league. Is, is he somebody that could be a good influence on them? Especially, you know, if he's centering that third line, there's a very good chance he's going to have, you know, two very young wingers to his right and to his left. So, I mean, is he somebody that could kind of, you know, put his arm around a young player and, and kind of play that big brother role? Oh, a hundred percent. Playing on the third line, you know, he had the luxury here in Tampa playing with Yanni Gord and Blake Coleman, two very fantastic players. And, and he had the, the luxury of being in the starting line every game for John Cooper. And, and so obviously with that comes leadership and kind of setting the tone. And, and that's what he's going to do on this line with very young players is that he's going to take them under his wing. He's going to teach them some stuff. Hopefully he teaches them how to, how to, you know, properly face off and, and do what they need to do in the face off circle, because obviously that's his bread and butter as well as along with his physical game. But yeah, he, he's going to be a great clubhouse locker room presence. And, and, you know, when, when you see the success of his line, you could definitely chalk it up to Barkley Goodwill. Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC, 
MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. To change gears just a little bit, we've kind of been touching on the expansion draft basically since we started talking here, but I figure we might as well dive right into it. Obviously, that's going to be happening on Wednesday night. And with Tampa, I mean, there's some pretty big names that were left unprotected. I suppose that's kind of the downside of winning two straight Stanley Cups and having this fantastic roster is you're going to lose somebody good. But um, yeah, I mean, you know, Alex Kalorn, Andrej Palat, Yanni Gord, all these guys are unprotected. Um, any thoughts there? I mean, is, is there anyone that you think that the Seattle Kraken could end up taking? And do you think Tampa got it right as far as the players that they did protect? Well, the thing about the tricky situation and, and the Rangers don't really, you know, had to have to worry about this other than, you know, Colin Blackwell, who I think is, I think we could agree is probably the front runner to be selected by the Kraken yeah. is, you know, with the lightning, the problem with being so deep, is that you have a lot of good players that unfortunately you can only you can only protect a certain amount of players and the lightning with their cap troubles and all that they're they're going to leave some guys open that you really don't want to lose but the beauty of it is that they only have to lose one player and unfortunately that one player probably is going to be someone that they're going to miss throughout this entire season and years to come and really the two names that come to mind is is Yanni Gordon, Andre Palat. Those are the two top guys. Those are the favorites to get picked. Lightning fans, including myself, um, if we had to pick between the two, we'd prefer Yanni Gordon to stay in Tampa. He has just blossomed over the last two seasons and has really come in, grown into a great hockey player and a great skater. And he's one of those guys where, I mean, he would be a second line, maybe possibly a first line forward on any other team in the NHL. And, and that's what it comes down to. You know, Andre Palat, he's been fantastic. He's been here for years in Tampa. But you know what? He, he's, gonna, he's one of those guys where I see, I think, the Seattle Kraken are looking at the situation with Andre Palat, and they're thinking, okay, you know, if we don't have a good season, we could always trade him for parts and, uh, for the future because his contract is up after this year where Yanni Gord is making about five AAV for the next three, four years. So, you know, Andre Palat's contract is a little bit more welcoming. And, and I think that's what the hope is for, for Lightning fans is that maybe the Kraken go after Andre Palat instead. And, and kind of to throw the question back at you, was there any names or any preferences as to who you think that the Seattle Kraken, you would like them to take from the Rangers? So the Rangers are actually pretty fortunate going into this draft because, you know, the talk around the Rangers is always how young they are. And so by that, by the very nature of how their roster is constructed, they've got a lot of guys that are in their first and second year and they're automatically exempt from the draft. And then, of course, you know, you got a handful of guys with no move clauses, so they're exempt. And then there's some common sense guys that you would obviously protect from this expansion draft. And so really, there weren't really a ton of decisions for the Rangers to make going into this whole thing. It basically just came down to who was the final forward that the Rangers were going to protect? And they had three guys to choose from. It was Kevin Rooney, it was Julian Gauthier, and it was Colin Blackwell. I was kind of leaning a little bit toward Gauthier simply because of those three players, and, and they're all very unique players. They all bring something to the table for the Rangers. I don't really want to lose any of them, but facts are facts. The, the Kraken are going to be taking somebody. But of those three players, if one of them was to blossom and become like a really, really good player in this league, I would think it would be Gauthier. 
And granted, you know, he hasn't done a whole lot. He's played 47 career NHL games, small sample size, but he hasn't really taken advantage of his opportunities yet. But with all that said, he is just 23 years old. So I think there is some upside, especially when you look at how he's kind of lit up the AHL while he's been there. So my choice probably would have been Gautier, but I think a compelling choice, uh, compelling case rather, could have also been made for Blackwell as well as Rooney. And they ultimately did end up protecting Rooney. And Rooney, you know, unheralded free agent pickup by the Rangers this past season. Uh, he was with the Devils previously. Did a really nice job for the Rangers. A little bit in the mold of Barclay Goodrow. You know, somebody who can anchor the bottom six. Somebody who's going to kill penalties. Somebody who's really strong in the forecheck. Going to play physical. Uh, so I have no issues whatsoever. I mean, again, I, I think a pretty nice case could have been made for any of those three players. The Rangers ended up going with Rooney. But, um, yeah, I mean, besides that, I mean, they're going to lose Gautier or Blackwell, it would seem. I would say... It's tough. You know, if I knew who else Seattle was going to take in this expansion draft, then I could probably take a better guess at whether they would end up taking Gautier or Blackwell. If they really want to swing for the fences, I would say Gautier because there is a little bit more upside there. But if you want to just pick somebody who had a solid season for the Rangers this past year and, and somebody that could probably slot in maybe like on the third line or so, then maybe Blackwell's your guy. It kind of depends, I would say, on how much of a chance they want to take and who else is on the roster, who else they pick from around the league. So uh, overall, yeah, I mean, I have no issues whatsoever with, with how the Rangers have handled this expansion draft. And it's quite a bit different from the last expansion draft, because if you remember, Adam, you know, the Knights were coming into the league and the Rangers basically had to trade Stepan and Ronta to the Coyotes because they basically knew that Ronta was going to get taken in the expansion draft because the Rangers were going to protect Lundqvist. So it was like, all right, let's trade him before we lose him. And then, you know, they in that trade, that, that was kind of a disaster because they used the first-round pick that they got to take Leah Sanderson, and then the other guy yeah. was Tony D'Angelo. So that, that was really a mess. But, uh, yeah, this time around, I mean, they're going to lose a good player, but they're not going to lose somebody who's like a spectacular player that, that's really going to kill them in the long term, I, I, I don't think, at least. Yeah, and, and that's the thing that, like, Ranger fans should be ecstatic about is that I, I – and I didn't even realize it myself until the list actually came out was that the Rangers have so many young players who are not eligible for this draft who I, I think as, as you know, you who follows the Rangers on a daily basis, me who's, you know, obviously the Ranger fan and Ranger fans as well, you know who, what you're going to get out of them. Keandre Miller, you know, Igor Sesterkin, you know, Lafreniere, guys like that. The list goes on of guys who were ineligible, and yet there's, the ceiling is so high for these guys and you're already seeing flashes of it. And, and the Rangers kind of got off on that. You know, they, they kind of, I, I guess they, they're probably one of the winners, regardless of this expansion draft, just because of how many players they didn't have to protect. Yeah, I'm very, very happy this expansion draft is happening now for all the reasons that you just mentioned, Adam, because if this was like a year or two later, then guys like Keandre Miller wouldn't be exempt. You know, guys like Vitaly Kravtsov and Kako and Lafreniere, and it would be like, man, how are we going to protect all these guys? You know, are we going to have to trade Kako to avoid losing him in the expansion draft? So uh, it's happening at the right time, and uh, please, no more expansion drafts in the near future. Yeah, I, I, I was talking to someone the other day, and uh, we, we agreed. And, and, you know, Commissioner Bill Daly uh, said that, you know, that there is talks about a London team, probably not realistic. But um, I think also with some of these lists, um, you know, with teams around the league, I, I think, you know, you would have thought that certain teams would have learned their lesson from the, the Golden Knights expansion draft. And I don't think they did. I mean, the goaltender list is, is just insane to think about who's, who's available. But are there – were, are there any players that you were maybe surprised about that the that were left unprotected just in general, or or did you think this was going to go the way it was going to go, and general managers were going to be you know kind of try to be too smart? I I really think that you know 
I don't, I don't think that Seattle's going to have the same amount of success as Vegas. I just think that, you know, the expectations were high in that first year. You and I both know we were at NHL.com at that time. So, you know, the, the expectations were kind of low, and then they just blew the ceiling off. But now everyone's probably penciling in the Kraken to win the Stanley Cup Finals this year. But uh, <laughs> what do you think about the list just as a whole from, from all the teams? Well, I mean, the one that really kind of surprised me, and I, I guess it makes some sense if you dig a little bit deeper, but I was really surprised to see Montreal, uh, you know, leave Carey Price unprotected. This guy just basically put the team, I mean, I don't want to say he put the team on his back because Montreal played very well throughout that, but he was clearly uh, the straw that was stirring the drink, so to speak. I mean, he was the backbone of that team, has been the backbone of that team forever, and for him to now be exposed, I mean, it's pretty surprising, and I feel like Montreal's reasoning there is that uh, they don't think that Seattle will take him because he does have a big contract and he is getting a little bit older. But man, don't don't you think they're playing with fire a little bit there? You know, just just leaving their franchise goalie unprotected like that. Well, I I, I first thought that when when it came out that he was he was one of the players that was left unprotected. But I think the reasoning is because uh, if you heard that he, he does have a significant knee injury that he's been playing with for the, the whole playoffs and he's going to get surgery on it later this week. And I think that's what the thinking is up in Montreal is it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world to, to let him go just because of the contract that he has. But at the same time, I mean, the chances of him getting selected, especially with the other goaltenders that are available, because I'm sure a lot of these GMs to some degree knew who was going to be available and who wasn't going to be available going into this expansion draft at some point. So, you know, Montreal did. But it is still, you know, you are right to a certain degree that it, it is a little bit of a head-scratcher considering they didn't protect Harry Price, who, like you said, has had this huge effect on their franchise, but they're protecting Jake Allen, who, you know, no knock against Jake Allen, but he he's a decent backup, but he, he isn't, you know, what you're getting in carrier price. So, yeah, I mean, this is, I think this is high list, high risk, low reward kind of situation, because I, I think yeah. that uh, the way Montreal has been doing things over the past couple of years, they've been kind of very aggressive in the moves that they've made and they've made it no secret that they're sort of in the middle of a rebuild. So, you know, this is something that their recent cup run as fantastic as they played, I think they were just playing with house money at that point. I think that's what it really comes down to. And But, yeah, some of the names are are insane. And, and I really think that Seattle is going to pull a move where they're going to draft four goaltenders and flip two of those to see what yeah. they can get back in picks. No, I mean, it makes sense to me. And, you know, looking at this list, I kind of just pulled it up to see, you know, some of the other guys that are going to be available uh, just to have it handy here. But, you know, Ben Bishop is going to be available. I wanted to ask you about him, your old buddy there down in Tampa. Um, do you think that the Kraken end up taking him? I mean, of all the goalies on this list, and I, I realize, you know, Bishop's had some issues with injuries, maybe hasn't been quite as sharp these last couple of seasons, but I could see, you know, Seattle rolling with him. It, it kind of reminds me of Vegas picking up uh, Marc-Andre Fleury. You know, people were starting to think that he was done, and he's remained one of the best goalies in hockey. So, I mean, do you think maybe Ben Bishop gets scooped up by Seattle? You know, you beat me to the punch there with that comparison <laughs> because that is the exact scenario that I was looking at as well. I think I would be shocked if Seattle doesn't take Ben Bishop, regardless of his injury troubles. He's the kind of guy that you could bring in to kind of uh, be the leader in, in between the pipes. You know, he's not going to play 40 games next year. I'd be shocked just because of, you know, all the issues that he's had. But he's going to be one of those guys that you definitely, you know, whether it's in the, the, the entry draft, if, if, you know, I assume that, Seattle's going to pick up a goaltender at some point. 
or who they're going to value high and want to going to be the, the future of their, their franchise. But if you bring in a guy like that and then, you know, they're already working on a deal with Chris Drieger who, you know, he hasn't played a whole lot in the NHL, but he did have a good series against the Lightning. If you have a guy like that coupled with, um, you know, whichever other goaltender they get, I, I think that's a good recipe. And, and like, you, like you said, you know, Marc-Andre Fleury, what he's done in, in Vegas, whether it was with Malcolm Subban or now with Robin Leonard, um, it showed that, you know, the two goalie system very much works. And, and I think mm-hmm. that's what, you know, the Kraken are, are going to do. They're going to have Bishop kind of as a leader guy, and then they're going to have maybe two other goaltenders kind of battle it out and, and see how those guys develop and just throw Bishop in when it's an emergency. Yeah, and another name that really stands out here for me is uh, Vladimir Tarasenko. And again, you know, you, you see the name and you're surprised at first, but then you think about it and it's like, well, he's got a fairly big contract and the Blues have some salary cap issues. And Tarasenko, of course, has dealt with more than his fair share of injuries. But I mean, I don't know if I'm Seattle, I'm probably taking Tarasenko just because, you know, he is still just, I think, 29 years old and we know how good he can be when he's healthy. So, I mean, any thoughts on uh, Tarasenko as well? You know, it, it's kind of unfortunate because, yeah, with the Caps situation and his injuries, you know, with a double shoulder injury that he had that pretty much put him out for the entire season, um, there's also some things behind closed doors that I've heard with him that, you know, that he's just he wants more of a role and, and all of that. And, and you know, the, the re- relationship I've heard is kind of fractured to a point where it's beyond repair. And, and it's unfortunate because they won a Stanley Cup three years ago. And he was very much a yeah. huge part of that. And, and, but at the same time, you know, this is very good for him. It's kind of a fresh start. And, and that's kind of, I think, what he needs, especially after the, the significant injuries that he sustained. But also, I've read here and there that Seattle is very concerned and very much monitoring his, his physical therapy with his shoulders just because, you know, that is a big part of your game. Anybody that's ever shot a hockey puck before knows you have to, show, you have to use your shoulders to a certain extent. And, and so I, I think that it's going gonna, it's, it's gonna to be a wait-and-see situation. I mean, if he comes back and he, and he is what he was, uh, Seattle made out big. But um, I wouldn't hold my breath too much. I wouldn't put money on it for, them to, for him to be a sure thing to be selected. No, I hear you, man. Now, how about uh, there's one more name that I'm seeing here that really kind of stands out because obviously he's got ties to both the Rangers as well as the Lightning, and that's Kevin Shattenkirk. I mean, do you think that maybe he gets taken as well? And uh, obviously, you know, he just won the Stanley Cup with you guys. And well, wasn't he like outside of Madison Square Garden a few days ago, walking around with a cup or something like that, trolling Ranger fans yeah. or whatever he was doing? Yeah. Yeah. He, uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, Ranger fans know Shattenkirk's from Westchester. So, you know, yeah. he's, he's still in the neighborhood and, and he still has a very big part of, uh, you know, New York life, but you know, I don't know if he's at the, he does make a lot of money. That's the thing. Yeah. And that's part of the reason why he left and, the, and lightning fans weren't sad. To, I mean, we were sad to see him go cause he was such a big part of that cup run the first time, but you know, they couldn't pay him the money that he wanted. And I mean, he deserved it though. So, um, but I don't know if he's going to be a good pick. You know, there, there are other defensemen out there that are veterans that, you know, you have Mike Giordano from Calgary that was left unprotected who was, who was the captain of that team for so long. And I could see him getting picked to where they wouldn't have to pick Shattenkirk. I think that they're going to try and keep that mix of, of players that are, are going to be, you know, glue guys and, and veterans. And they're also going to want to have guys um, 
uh, who, who are going to be young and be around for the future. All right, a big, big thanks to Mr. Adam Denker for joining the show here. Like I said, that was just part one of a two-part conversation. We might save part two until Friday because obviously the expansion draft is going to be happening Wednesday night, and I think it might make sense for us to talk about that on Thursday, the results of the expansion draft. So uh, I'm leaning toward probably flying solo in Thursday's episode, once again, to talk about the expansion draft. And then on Friday, we will have part two of our conversation with Adam. So yeah, that'll pretty much do it for today, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time. Betting on the NHL doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favored picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked on Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcasts.